So it's certainly been quite a week so far in the world of uh, politics, with probably the best summation coming from Charlie Kirk, of all people. Mm. Trump arraigned. Marxist wins mayoral race in Chicago. And Democrats flip Supreme Court in Wisconsin. Very bad day. No spin, no BS. Country is in collapse. We need God and dutiful action. Oh, poor little Charlie's upset. He's really going through it. Yeah, I, li- I like the take that uh, God's working, just not in the way that you particularly want him to. You chose the wrong God. <laughs> and yeah, this is our tech show. We have plenty of tech news for you, but we should start with just a brief update on the whole Trump indictment thing mm-hmm. that we covered in our previous episode, because it finally happened. Trump got arrested. Yeah, he did. And it is... Less exciting than it sounds. I literally fell asleep watching the coverage on Tuesday afternoon because it was just people talking about what may have been included and then shots of his airplane, and I dozed off. Yeah, um, no, no reason to ever watch anything like that live. Nothing, nothing cool or noteworthy <laughs> is going to happen. Uh, there were no handcuffs and no mug shots. He didn't even have to pay bail. But he was still technically arrested when he showed up for his arraignment in New York City on Tuesday to plead not guilty. And we're not going to go over the details of this case again, but the indictment was finally made public, and the case is about pretty much what everyone assumed it was going to be. Falsifying business records. So nothing really new here, but at least we know the breakdown of those 34 criminal charges are 11 counts being related to Michael Cohen submitting phony invoices for legal fees. Another 11 counts are related to individual payments Trump made to Michael Cohen. And 12 counts are related to individual accounting ledger entries about the payments. So, yeah, anyway, we are, we're not lawyers. This is not a legal show. Uh, to our untrained eyes, this case doesn't seem super airtight and also seems to rely on interpretations of the law that aren't super airtight. But on the other hand, some of the most cynical and black-pilled legal minds in podcasting and social media seem to think that it's actually a pretty strong case. So I'm like, okay. Of course, all things totally unprecedented, so who the hell knows how this will turn out. But Trump is, of course, very happy to assume the role of persecuted man. I am a persecuted man. And has already made it a core part of his 2024 campaign strategy, appearing at a campaign event at Mar-a-Lago just hours after turning himself in and spending most of his speech just ranting about how unfair he's being treated. Sir, you orchestrated the whole circus. You could have done this from the privacy yeah. of Mar-a-Lago via Zoom call. They offered you that. and You're breaking kayfabe. Yeah. I need this. Uh, also, the, other, the, the one good thing that came out of it was that uh, beautiful artist sketch of Trump in the courtroom. Uh, it, and it turns out it was the same sketch artist that sketched Tom Brady all those years ago. Yes, uh, so bravo uh, on that front. Also, some weird thing popped out of it uh, about him paying off a, a, a doorman to cover up an illegitimate child or something. Yeah, it's like, not well, none of this is new and none of it's part of the case. But yeah, some doorman went to the National Enquirer, said that Trump had a, a child out of wedlock. And like, it. I think... I don't know. It doesn't seem like there's legs to that because that rumor's been around for like years. Yeah. And so I don't know. There's really nothing new here. But that's no uh, surprises. That's how they got Al Capone with a little uh, fixed, fixed the numbers, fixed mm. the books. So, you know, and he, we'll and he is still facing the stuff in Georgia. And yeah. uh, I, I, based on like, I, I love the, the idea that like the New York Times is like so fucking liberal. Like they have bent themselves over backwards this past two weeks putting out every possible op-ed about mm. how, like, oh, it sets a really dangerous precedent to convict a... They're just trying to get like, that blue check back. Yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, just all these people being like, oh, I don't know, this is, uh, it's like, yeah, I mean, 
but he might have broken the law. Like, no, are, you, clearly, are you saying the presidents did, yeah. are allowed to break the law? They are. I don't know. They're they're doing the thing where they DM Elon or they they submit for their uh, unbanning and they're like someone they they ban me for my conservative beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. So and they, maybe they'll get the blue check back now. But anyways, let's move on now from perceived imaginary anti-Republican discrimination to actual real discrimination. A thing that a lot of very sheltered people believe isn't a thing and hasn't been a thing for a long time, but which is it still definitely affects the job prospects of people who aren't white and or male. But wait, you say, that kind of hiring discrimination is illegal. And you're right, it is. A long time ago, you could just straight up say you're only hiring white people, but you can't do that anymore, and for good reason. However, that doesn't mean that companies aren't just throwing all the resumes that they receive from non-white people straight into the garbage. And before you call bullshit, let's look at a job listing recently posted to Indeed.com by Arthur Grand Technologies Incorporated, an IT company whose previous clients include Staples, Capital One, the IRS, Fannie Mae, and Comcast, and whose current clients, as shown in the job listing, include big players like Berkshire Hathaway and HTC Global. This mm. is a this is a, a pretty primetime gig right here. Okay, so the listing is for Salesforce business analyst and insurance claims, and it's a contract job paying $75 per hour. The job is based in Dallas. It's a long-term contract, blah, blah, blah. Wait, hold on. What's, uh, what's this? Let me get my magnifying lens out. <laughs> Note, only born U.S. citizens, white, who are local within 60 miles from Dallas, Texas. Don't share with candidates. Ooh. Ooh. So clearly this was a note that was meant for internal use only and was not meant to actually appear on the online, online job listing. And that's because it's a crime. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's a crime. Yeah, that's what they did. They did a crime. Anyway, the fallout from this has been basically nuclear for <laughs> Arthur Grand Technologies. Here's Motherboard. After the white-only listing received condemnation online this week, Arthur Grand responded in a LinkedIn post published Wednesday morning. The LinkedIn post, which has been edited since it was initially published, called the job posting offensive and said it was neither authorized nor posted by Arthur Grand or its employees. And then a former employee took an existing posting and added discriminatory language, then reposted it through his own account. The company then claimed it is taking legal action against the person who published the listing. Arthur Grand then said that to avoid further chaos, it was requesting no further questions on the matter. Request everyone to support and cooperate, the company said. Oh, it, it wasn't us. Uh, we were hacked. Uh, we know who did it. Who who, who did it? Uh, I mean, let's just let... Uh, I'm not going to tell you who did it, but uh, it wasn't us. It, there was an employee that was disgruntled. A former employee? Yeah. I, I don't even understand that explanation. A former employee copied it, published it, uh, whatever. Okay. I mean, I, I guess I could see a disgruntled ex-employee. But they're claiming it wasn't even their account that posted it to Indeed. Oh, Which it was their account? Yeah. Okay, then that, that, that does seem like they're like just the story, up, yeah. covering up their tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it continues. In the comments, however, LinkedIn users took issue with the explanation, particularly with what they saw as inconsistencies. According to a screenshot circulating on Twitter and LinkedIn, an earlier explanation posted by the company had said the company had conducted an investigation and discovered that a new junior recruiter, not a former employee, at our firm was responsible for the offending job posting. The company said it had fired the employee in question. As of publication, the company's Twitter account has been disabled and its Facebook page is not available either. Arthur Grant's website redirects to a WordPress installation page, though an earlier version of it has been archived by the Internet Archive. 
So yeah, I mean, based on the fact that they couldn't even come up with a like one consistent alibi for why this happened, they have two completely different explanations that are totally at odds with each other. Uh, we are left to assume that this company actually does, in fact, have a whites-only hiring policy that they accidentally revealed to the world. I like the first go-to is is uh, that was an ex-employee, and while we while that buys us some time, let's come up with a better excuse. Yeah, uh, yeah, they they clearly they're like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck. What's a good excuse? And then they're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, put uh, out phase one, and then put out a new, delete the old excuse, put out a new excuse. Yeah, bazinga. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I mean, it sounds like this company has a racist hiring policy. I mean, that's a very serious accusation, though. So hopefully the U.S. government's Equal Employment Opportunity Commission looks into this and uh, sets the record straight because you would hate to be having people accuse you of being a racist company. You would want the government to come in. Yeah, make sure. Get to the bottom of this. Cross all the T's, dot all the I's and prove to the the world that uh, you are, in fact, not using this policy internally. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, after this hat, like, I guess the, the, so the job listing is for like a working as a contractor for this company who will be contracting for Berkshire Hathaway for this specific job. Oh, no. Just like all these people sharing pictures of like Berkshire Hathaway, like holiday parties. And it's just like, it's, uh, it's like looking at a snowbank. It's, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's white as hell in there. So, well, you know, with, uh, it checks out. Good for the inner archive to have the backup there, but uh, who knows? They might not be around very long either. Yeah, I haven't really gotten, I haven't sifted through that, but yeah, the internet archive might be in trouble. All which, because uh, of a disgruntled author. Well, several disgruntled <laughs> authors, <laughs> yeah. but uh, disgruntled authors who are, are maybe thinking only for themselves and not for uh, the posterity the, of the entire the library of Alexandria of the internet <laughs> yeah. and uh, what would happen if it <clears throat> went away all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, but moving on now to a topic that we've <clears throat> do- <clears throat> sorry, but moving on now to a topic we've been doomed to cover on a weekly basis for the foreseeable future. Elon Musk's Twitter. In our previous episode this week, we went over the hilarious shit show around Twitter verification, which uh, on this past Saturday was supposed to go away for legacy accounts. Uh, legacy verified accounts under the old system, leaving Twitter blue as the only way to get a blue check mark next to your name. Which is worthless now. Why would you want a blue check mark? It doesn't mean anything. The people that do have it, of no fault of their own, want to get rid of it because it makes them look bad. Uh, that didn't happen, of course, at all, probably because actually doing it would have been a total manual process requiring thousands of man hours. So instead, now when you click someone's check mark, it just says that they might be a Twitter blue subscriber or might be legacy verified. Who knows? Who's to say? Brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, we now have some further insight into this whole debacle via Matt Binder of Mashable. On April 1st, Twitter owner Elon Musk was supposed to strip all legacy verified accounts of their blue checkmark badges. However, that didn't happen. It's unclear as to why Musk backtracked on this date, but maybe this has something to do with it. Only 12,305 of roughly 420,000 legacy verified accounts have subscribed to a paid Twitter blue plan as of Tuesday. That's just above 3% of the celebrities, pro athletes, influencers, and media personalities who make up the platform's power users. And with that looming threat of verification removal gone, at least for the time being, Twitter only saw around 67 of those legacy verified accounts subscribe to Twitter Blue in the days after April 1st. If Musk's moves were meant to result in a big uptick of legacy verified Twitter Blue subscribers, it just didn't work. So they called his bluff. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're gonna do it? Well, then do it. One of the funnier. No, you want to. You want to get it. You want to keep the check mark. Come on. One of nah. the funnier ones was leading up to that. Uh, Mark Cuban being like, 
Sir, Mr. Elon, please, I'm losing a thousand followers a day. So I signed up. Mark Cuban, why do you care? Also, yeah, why do you care? But he's like, I'm losing thousands of followers a day. So I signed up for Twitter Blue to stop the bleeding, and it's not working. Sir, please respond. He has like millions of followers. Yeah, it's it's a fraction of a percentage. What are you doing, like, stressing out about? thousands of uh, focus on your it. nba team mark yeah this is like that's the the most fascinating thing about twitter is the celebrities who actually do get super into it in a weirdly like unhealthy way or i'm like why do you fucking care Be- it's, why it's do you like, care it's like a merit system for their value to society when it's absolutely not that yeah i mean like, that's arguably he, why elon bought the company in the first fucking place yeah well, mark cuban you know while he's complaining about losing followers who are probably bots anyway. I mean, that's a, yeah. for the amount of followers he has, that's probably bot uh, probably. being expunged from the website. But on the same hand, like he does have some pretty goodwill going for him with that uh, uh, prescription sure. discount site that he does. He's, so, like, he's one of the least bad uh, billionaires. Yeah, so like, but, like, what are you doing, Mark? Get off Twitter. It's like your tweets get engagement. Why do you fucking care if you lost a couple thousand subscribers? He, Shut he, up. He cares so much that he gave another billionaire $8. It's fucking weird. Anyways, the article also notes that based on the available data, there's around 500,000 Twitter Blue subscribers at this point. So that's more than the number of legacy verified accounts. But that's only, that only adds up to around $4 million in monthly revenue. And it also notes that it's hard to get a handle on exactly how many Twitter Blue subscribers there actually are. Because for a lot of people, they canceled their subscription and still had the blue check mark months later. So yeah. everyone should just do that. This is a, yeah. Apparently, it's a big problem, and it might. They just proved be... it by this weekend how hard it is to actually remove it once you have it. So I mean, that was for legacies because there was never any reason to code in uh, a simple way to remove everyone's mm-hmm. checkmark. But this seems like it seems like something they just forgot to add uh, when they were being rushed to publish this update, and they're like, "Oh shit, we didn't." <laughs> Forgot to add a way to actually remove the check mark once they stopped paying, and now uh, we'd have to do it manually, just like everyone else's. So uh, whatever, enjoy the check mark. It's uh, a totally functioning website. Yeah, that is certainly not going to doom the world's richest man into, you know, being humiliated for the rest of his life and losing half of his money. Inshallah. I hope. I hope this all works out for him. You know. <laughs> It would be a damn shame to see Elon Musk fail on such a large public scale. He's um, he's already built a prison for himself, and it's going to be damn near impossible to climb out of it. So he has cursed himself. You get one go on this earth, and he's chosen to be the entire Internet's whipping boy. I want to be the main character every day. Okay, That's... your wish is my command, sir. He really did a monkey's paw with that one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Elon Musk's obsession with verification has always been a bit weird, and it definitely seems to at least partially stem from his dislike of those blue check journalists and just journalism in general. Mm. And yeah, there's plenty of reasons to be critical of the journalism business and lots of the people in it, but for Elon, it seems to mostly just be a personal gripe against people reporting things about him that are unflattering to him and his companies. Mm. So it's basically the same as Trump. It's not a principled stance. It's just fake news. Looking out for himself. Yeah, why aren't you writing nice things about me? Anyway, we're not sure exactly what National Public Radio did to piss off Elon, but uh, they did something. Yeah. Here's TechCrunch. In the latest installment of Elon Musk's mercurial leadership saga, Twitter now classifies American news nonprofit NPR the same way it handles RT, the infamous Russian state-backed mouthpiece that pushes the Kremlin's talking points to the broader world. 
NPR's Twitter account on the once essential breaking news platform now comes with a tag denoting it as U.S. state-affiliated media. But NPR doesn't meet Twitter's own definition for a state-affiliated account. And yeah, here's that definition straight from Twitter. State-financed media organizations with editorial independence, like the BBC in the UK or NPR in the US, for example, are not defined as state-affiliated media for the purposes of this policy. Huh. Except, wait, hold on. Oh, they just updated that page. Okay, okay. It's exactly the same, but minus the little NPR reference. Other Mm. than that, unchanged. And look, yeah, NPR and basically every other mainstream media outlet in this country, they do basically function as the PR wing of the U.S. State Department. And that is absolutely worth critiquing. Noam Chomsky has made a whole career out of that critique. But that's almost certainly not what Elon is doing here. So very strange stuff happening here, especially when it's just NPR. And meanwhile, actual directly government funded outlets like Voice of America, Stars and Stripes, Radio Free Europe, and so on, do not have the state media tag when that's literally what they are. Uh, NPR is funded by McDonald's. They're funded by uh, the James L. Wood Foundation. And, uh, and the, the bestowment, the endowment of uh, the McDonald's guy's wife. Yeah, the Croc lady. The Croc Foundation. Yeah, she like bequeathed her entire, the entire Croc fortune yeah, well, to NPR. Yeah, well, she felt guilty about her, her dead husband stealing the McDonald brothers Little restaurant right from out out from under them. And also leaving her first husband because of his big flashy business prowess. That's right. Yep. So, you know, everyone else's loss is NPR's gain. Thanks, McDonald brothers. Yeah, I mean, NPR also gets like, they they have a lot of weird funding issues where um, all, uh, I can't remember which oil or fracking brothers it is, but they they get a lot of money from those types. Yeah, I think it's the Koch brothers honestly started donating or something like that. Yeah, it's like, I mean, say what you want, but like that has to affect your editorial decision making. Yeah, for those companies, it's a small percentage and a write-off in order to make the the people think twice while reporting. And this is true for all media. Like, the reason they don't talk about, the reason they don't go so hard against big business is because they need big business to pay for ads. Yeah. So they can stay in business. That's It's really as simple as that. Yes, it is. So yeah, it would be cool if there were some clarification on what's happening with all that. But when we emailed Twitter about it, all we got was a poop emoji. So hmm. did NPR poop somewhere? Is that what happened? NPR had that runner's high. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of transparency, Elon actually kept one of his promises and went ahead and made Twitter's recommendation algorithm open source last week. It doesn't really seem like something you would share with the world if you wanted to cut down on spam, since it allows spammers to see exactly what makes tweets more visible. But regardless, it is interesting. Yeah, so some basic takeaways are that uh, likes give posts a big boost, retweets a slightly smaller boost, and replies give pretty much no boost at all by themselves. Images and videos boost a post, but external links do the opposite. Getting muted, blocked, unfollowed, and reported all serve to downrank an account's visibility. Being a Twitter Blue subscriber boosts an account's visibility. Uh, and there's even calculations based on like how long people look at your posts, uh, whether they click to see your profile, and so on. None of this is surprising, really, but we now know the exact formula for what makes a viral tweet. And surely this will not be abused by bad and or annoying and or clout-starved people. Hey, look, we got to do it at the end of every video because it uh, it actually works. YouTube works the same way. Yeah, the video is mean, getting a lot of likes and comments. Yeah, resisted for a long time, but it's like, yeah, that's what you got to fucking do. It's annoying. Like the video. New meta. 
I, I do like the one, I saw one take with absolutely zero evidence that this proves that the Democratic Party is operating a massive bot army that just blocks conservative voices to downrank them in the algorithm? No, we do it <laughs> one by one manually. Uh, it's Because it's, you're annoying it's a and you subscribe job. to Twitter Blue. Yeah, um, yeah, it's not, there's, there's no conspiracy theory here. Your posts just suck and we don't want to see them. That's true. But one funny thing that people quickly uncovered in Twitter's algorithm is what appears to be four key categories that Twitter puts users in. Democrat, Republican, power user, and Elon. <laughs> okay, uh, well, apparently this is for internal purposes to make sure algorithm changes don't disproportionately affect uh, any of these types of users. But it's just so Elon to have an entire category of users all to himself. And it's even funnier that he's pretending that he just found out about this when it's perfectly in line with what he's been doing to boost his own post since he bought the company. The man literally flew to the office straight from the Super Bowl because Joe Biden... Got a tweet that had more likes than his. Yeah. He has the world's thinnest skin. Yeah, this is Elon. He, he had like a, he hosted a Twitter space and like- Oh, I don't know. Can someone like, explain I don't this? know. Uh, engineers, get over here. Why, why would you do such a thing? Get rid of it. Yeah. Okay, sir. Anyways, in one last bit of Twitter news, um, remember how Elon laid off half of Twitter's workforce right after taking over? It was a pretty unusual move. And the reason it's unusual is that if you're a big company in California, you you can't just do that out of the blue. It's a crime. Mm -hmm. It's a violation of the law. And now a bunch of former Twitter workers are suing over oh, it. Oh, surprise. Uh, here's Reuters. Twitter Inc. faced a lawsuit on Tuesday accusing the social media giant of illegally laying off contract workers without notice after Elon Musk bought the company last year, the latest action stemming from its massive job cuts. The proposed class action, filed in San Francisco federal court, claims Twitter in November laid off numerous workers employed by staffing firm Tech Systems, Inc. without the 60 days of advance notice required by U.S. and California law. Five other cases are pending in the same court, accusing Twitter of violating those laws, targeting female workers for layoffs, and discriminating against employees with disabilities. Twitter has denied wrongdoing. And they did so by sending a poop emoji. Yeah. <laughs> Discriminating against disabled employees? Wow, where, did you, where would you get that idea? Was it just... Uh, the one that happened publicly? Yeah, the one that like happened right in front of all of our eyes like two weeks ago. And he now just like simps in that guy's replies. And, and gets he, no replies yeah, back. Holly is like... I, he, he actually... He, he seems like a legit dude. His posts are good. And yeah, Elon has been just like replying to everything he posts and he never writes back. He's yeah. just holding it over Elon's head because I don't think they've sorted that out. I think... Uh, you know, Elon's really trying to be friendly with him. Yeah, because uh, he might owe this man a hundred million dollars. Mm -hmm. It's like the same kind of des desperation when you see him tweet at Grimes. Yeah, Grimes. Oh, uh, Grimes! Happy birthday, Grimes! Yeah. So yeah, if you're trying to save a bunch of money, uh, getting yourself sued a ton seems like a bad move. Yeah. But hey, what do we know? He's the one with the big bucks, That's and true. we're just a couple of humble content formers out here trying to get by. And speaking of which. Before we get to the rest of the, of the content, it's yeah. time to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. We all shop online. We've all seen that promo code field taunting us at checkout. But thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Imagine for a moment you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working co coupon, you will watch the prices drop. Uh, I just recently got, uh, as a gift uh, to uh, our accountant, 
I got him some very nice uh, earplugs because I ended up going to a concert with him. Yeah. And I was like, gotta protect your ears, bro. Yeah. Gonna, gonna hook you up with some earplugs. And I uh, went on the old website there and on the phone on Safari, clicked the little thing on there. Boom! 15% off. Watch out. Wow. I'm saving money. Get yeah. out of my way. You just got honeys. And someone isn't going to have tinnitus because of it. But yeah, honey, doesn't just work on desktop. It also works on your iPhone. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting the show. We would never recommend something we don't use. So get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash newsday. That is joinhoney.com slash newsday. And this episode is sponsored by Mint Mobile. If you're tired of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, you know there's always a catch. So when you hear that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, you probably wonder, well, what is that catch? Well, here's the thing. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet, sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or a family. And at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/newsday. That's mintmobile.com/newsday. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/newsday. Back to the news now, though, and we got the Elon Musk section out of the way. So now it's, of course, time to talk about another recurring topic. The other recurring topic. The only other recurring topic. AI, artificial intelligence. Hey, Who could have seen that coming? Uh, And relatively speaking, it was a slow news week for AI. Though, again, that is relative. It must not be, uh, you know, uh, quarterly earnings report season or something right now. All the companies, they've already said it all. We're working on it. Uh, but at least uh, some of the news is kind of fun. Dumb AI news, the stuff that we used to enjoy before things got really scary. So, yeah. to be clear, though, this AI-generated video of Will Smith eating spaghetti is fun and dumb, but it's also very horrifying. Yeah, it's, I don't like this. This is nightmare fuel. Yeah, we might be at the point with text-to-image where the results have terrible implications for the world, but text-to-video is still in the stage where the results aren't going to fool anyone and are unintentionally extremely bizarre. The AI is simply incapable of depicting eating spaghetti as anything other than nightmare fuel, and the Will Smith video has, of course, inspired copycats like Scarlett Johansson eating spaghetti, Joe Biden eating spaghetti, and of course, Trump eating spaghetti. Weirdly, no Eminem eating spaghetti that we could find. Why? This, that seems like the most obvious choice, yeah. Eminem eating mom spaghetti. Also because he raps uh, really fast, and all of the uh, eating videos, they're like, just devouring it. Yeah. yeah, Will Smith eating like a Lady in the Tramp size uh, like spaghetti. Like that's They're all eating down at the Five thousand calories there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're at the family style Italian restaurant and they bought it just for themselves. They did. <laughs> but meanwhile, other forms of AI are already so advanced that there are rampant, well-founded fears about what they'll do to various job markets. We've already seen multiple prominent news websites introduce AI written articles, which seems like a real threat to the journalism profession. But thankfully, for now, the AI-written articles just aren't very good. Uh, CNET's AI-written articles are full of plagiarism and get a lot of things wrong. And then over at BuzzFeed, they've started running AI-written articles recently, and they are, they're hysterically bad. Uh, So here's futurism. 
Earlier this year, when BuzzFeed announced plans to start publishing AI-assisted content, its CEO, Jonah Peretti, promised the tech would be held to a high standard. I think that there are two paths for AI and digital media, Peretti told CNN. One path is the obvious path that a lot of people will do, but it's a depressing path, using the technology for cost savings and spamming out a bunch of SEO articles that are lower quality than what a journalist could do, but a tenth of the cost. Even if there are a lot of bad actors who try to use AI to make content farms, it won't win in the long run, he added. I think the content farm model of AI will feel very depressing and dystopian. That was months ago, though, and apparently BuzzFeed's commitment to quality has held up. Futurism recently (laughs) discovered that BuzzFeed has quietly started publishing SEO-driven travel guides for locales all around the world, and it's exactly the kind of content farm trash they said would feel depressing and dystopian. And it does. But it also just sucks. Um, Here's some examples of recurring tropes Futurism found in BuzzFeed's travel guides. Now, I know what you're thinking. Cape May? What is that? Some kind of mayonnaise brand? What? In an article about Cape May, New Jersey. Now I know what you're thinking. But Caribbean destinations are all just crowded resorts, right? In an article about St. Martin in the Caribbean. Now I know what you're thinking. Puerto Rico? Isn't that where all the cruise ships go? In an article about San Juan in Puerto Rico. Now, I know what you're thinking. Bigger isn't always better, in an article about Providence in Rhode Island. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. (laughs) Nepal? The Himalayas? Haven't we all heard of that already? In an article about Kumbu in Nepal. Haven't we all heard of that already? What a weird one. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. Brewster? Never heard of it, in an article about Brewster, Massachusetts. Uh. I know what you're thinking. Isn't Stockholm that freezing, gloomy city up in the north that nobody cares about? (laughs) In an article about Stockholm, Sweden. Oh, kind of a dick move by the AI there. Yeah. AI. Nobody cares about Stockholm. What does it have against Stockholm? I don't know. It's, That's, uh... it, it's funny because th- this isn't even like that strange in human written ones. Because like, if you this look at... This is just a crutch for a hack writer. But it, it, Look, <laughs> uh, you, they do from time to time do some quality work. But like if you go to like Daily Dots page, yeah. every single headline is... This happened. Sparks debate. This yeah, happened. Yeah. Sparks debate. This happened. Sparks debate. I mean, debate. for headlines, it makes sense because that actually is like, that's the most important thing for SEO and you want to yeah. get that right. I mean, we uh, titling our YouTube videos is always like a really annoying part of the process. Yeah, true. Uh, but, but just doing that cookie cutter approach to like the actual content, it's, it's very funny, especially, I know what you're thinking. Yeah. Using AI to write an article? Isn't that stupid? I think that they're they're just banking on maybe the person looking for it, uh, you know, like it's looking up something specific and we'll never look at another Right. No, that's exactly it. This is the it's evergreen content just so like Nobody's when, ever heard of the Himalayas. Yeah, when you search like visiting Aruba, there's going to be a fucking BuzzFeed article that's like fourth after like a bunch of sponsored content. Now I know what results. you're thinking. It's just a silly Beach Boys song. But there's more to Aruba, Jamaica, the Bahamas than you ever thought. Ooh, I want to take you. (laughs) The AI is going to take you to Bermuda with these fancy travel tips. Uh, So yeah, there's also this, and we will try not to go completely insane reading this. Amelia Island, Florida is a hidden gem of beaches. Carmel-by-the-Sea, California is a hidden gem of California's coast. West Virginia is a hidden gem of a state. (laughs) What? Socrates, New York is a hidden gem where small town charm meets big city cool. Stanley, Idaho is a hidden gem nestled right in the heart of the Sawtooth Mountains. Brewster, Massachusetts is Cape Cod's hidden gem. They they really want to push Brewster. Yeah. Here's, Come here's on the, down the Brewster. Here, it's probably pronounced Brista. Because, Brista. Yeah. 
But this is now I'm under the impression that Brewster, Massachusetts, at least in particular, is paying money to have more of these articles pumped Come on. out. Come to Brewster. Nobody nobody thinks about Brewster. We're right yeah. here. Uh, Calistoga, California is a hidden gem. June Lake, California is a hidden gem. Mammoth Mountain, California is a hit. No, it's no, not. No, it fucking isn't. It's the biggest ski resort in the state, you fucking idiot. Yeah, I mean. God, I hate you. It's, it's it, there's <laughs> really no escaping anyone talking about Mammoth Mountain. And and the people that live there, they're going through a real rough time right now. Please don't come. There, there are, like, I saw pictures of, it was Mammoth Lakes, and so not the mountain, but the yeah. Mammoth Lakes region. There is snow that is like 20 feet high. Like they, these every time they fucked. dig themselves out, they just get another twelve yeah, feet of snow. Their roofs are collapsing from having so much snow on them. It's, it's bad. Uh, it, it does continue though. <laughs> Providence, Rhode Island, is a hidden gem. Charleston, South Carolina, is a hidden gem. Connecticut <laughs> is a hidden gem. Who could miss Connecticut? All tucked away down there. Yeah. Uh, Aruba is a hidden gem and truly a gem. Prague is a hidden gem. What the? What? F- no, it isn't. No, it's not. It's a whole. One of the most sought-after European <laughs> locations uh, out of all gem. of them. No one's uh, hiding it. Uh, the Cook Islands are a hidden gem. St. Martin is a hidden gem. South Dakota is both a glorious gem of a state and a criminally underrated travel gem. Uh, Sturgis would argue otherwise. <sighs> Here we go. Cape May, New Jersey is a gem worth visiting. Arizona is a desert gem. <laughs> Ecuador is an absolute gem. Bruges, Belgium is a secret gem. No, it isn't. There's a movie about it. They <laughs> made Bruges. a whole fucking movie about it. And a Belgium gem. Uh, Montreal, Canada is a travel gem. What? And Alberta, Canada is a Canadian gem. <laughs> no, it is not. No. I mean, I guess if you go to like Banff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, no one's, I don't think anyone's traveling there for Yahoo, Wahoo, or whatever the fuck the country parade is. It's a Canadian gem. Uh, yeah, I guess maybe on that scale. Yeah. Uh, Sevilla, Spain is uh, just a gem. So. Oh. They didn't pay enough money to... No, I won't be traveling to Sevilla anytime soon. It's it's just a gem. It's not hidden. It's not Canadian. They they didn't pay enough money to Jordan Peele's brother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> that is so weird. Yeah, uh, Jonah Peretti is Chelsea Peretti's brother. Mm-hmm. Who's married to Jordan Peele. Right. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, just like uh, uh, Matt Gates is married to Palmer Luckey's sister. Palmer Luckey, the guy who invented Oculus and sold it to Facebook. Yeah. It's pretty weird. The rich, they don't really go outside their comfort zone. Yeah. yeah. So that's fun. But what's also fun is OpenAI, the company spearheading all this shit, finally having the law start to catch up with it. Not American law, of course, but over in Italy, they just straight up banned ChatGPT last week. Maron! <laughs> and their reasons for doing so uh, seem like they could also apply elsewhere, like across the entire EU, which tends to have consistent laws about stuff like this. Yeah, they like to keep it... Uh broad for everyone. So ChatGPT is trained on mountains of online data that it just sort of hoovered up wholesale from across the internet. And a lot of that training data is personal information about random people who did not consent to that. Uh Uh-oh, here's Gizmodo. In a news release, the Italian Data Protection Authority ordered the immediate ban on ChatGPT in the country and listed its concerns with the chatbot. Most importantly, the Italian privacy regulator stated that there is no legal basis that justifies the collection and mass storage of personal data OpenAI uses to train the AI. Furthermore, the regulator added that OpenAI provides scant information to users whose data it collects. The regulator alleges OpenAI is violating the European Union's privacy law, the General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR. As noted by Politico, the ban won't be permanent and is only in place until the Italian regulator determines whether OpenAI has complied with GDPR. 
Yeah, that's probably going to be hard for them to do. Yeah, no, it, it seems like uh, that's... you got to start over. How but, the fuck do you do that? Much like with removing the blue checks, I don't think that ChatGPT has an easy way yeah, no. to make it forget very particular There's, things. The amount of data in there is, like, insurmountable. Like, you'd have to have an AI uh, tackle this problem, oh, and, and just, they'd still fuck it up. Oh, I found a couple hidden gems in here in this uh, AI hidden knowledge gem. base. Yeah. But yeah, that's also on top of the Italian government's issues with ChatGPT not having any sort of age verification and also for taking personal data and then still getting things wrong about it when asked, which might qualify as incorrect processing of personal data, which is illegal under GDPR. Uh, so far, OpenAI has just gone ahead and geo-blocked Italy, though it is still possible to use ChatGPT with a VPN. But depending on how this plays out, OpenAI might have much bigger problems on its hands with no possible quick fix. Yeah. This is a structural issue. Yeah, and it's probably why uh, no Italian cities were listed in BuzzFeed's travel location. Yeah. There's simply no hidden gems. Italy is not a gem. No, please avoid. And the Italians clapped. I know what you're thinking. Italy. Isn't that a fucking shithole? And you're right. <laughs> and you're right. Don't go. <laughs> Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, in Not in the summertime, but lovely. It's a hot, no air conditioning. Don't go in the summertime. No, baby. they don't even serve ice in the drinks. Come on. <laughs> Why would you need ice when you can smoke a hot cigarette? A lot of, a lot of ice cream, though. Delicious. Gelato, they call yeah. it there. Fancy term. Gelato. Yeah, go in the winter. It's much nicer and less crowds. In similar news, ChatGPT's tendency to get things wrong has now opened it up to its first defamation lawsuit, which has the potential to be truly groundbreaking. The plaintiff so far is only asking OpenAI to fix errors in their training data. <laughs> but again, who the hell knows how simple that actually is? And given how often ChatGPT lies, this is likely to be a recurring problem for them. Here's Reuters. A regional Australian mayor said he may sue OpenAI if it does not correct ChatGPT's false claims that he had served time in prison for bribery Jeez. in what would be the first defamation lawsuit against the automated tech service. Brian Hood, who was elected mayor of Hepburnshire, 120 kilometers northwest of Melbourne, last November, became concerned about his reputation when members of the public told him ChatGBT had falsely named him as a guilty party in a foreign bribery scandal involving a subsidiary of the Reserve Bank of Australia in the early 2000s. Hood did work for the subsidiary, Note Printing Australia, but was the person who notified authorities about payment of bribes to foreign officials to win currency printing contracts and was never charged with a crime. Lawyers representing him said. So, yeah, you know, if I'd been a whistleblower in a major bribery scandal, I'd be pretty damn pissed if the new most popular thing in tech was telling everyone I was actually involved in the scandal and convicted of crimes and not the hero who put a stop to it. But again, this is just something that OpenAI can patch out, right? Uh, maybe not. E even if they're able to add new rules to their algorithm anytime someone threatens to sue them for defamation, that seems like something that will become overwhelming given how prone to telling lies ChatGPT is. So we'll see. Could be lots of trouble on the horizon for OpenAI depending on how this plays out. They are doing the whole move fast and break things, yeah. and uh, it, it only takes a little bit of time for that to catch up with them. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a big structural problem. It's similar to, and this is coming and I can't wait, but once uh, the, the class action suits for the uh, like mid-journey training data happens, it's like, you're fucked. Like, what do you do? Are you going to manually go through your entire training data set and check the copyright of every single image? You're no, fucked. No, everyone who uh, banked on this technology is going to take their bags of money and exit the space entirely and leave all that paperwork to everyone else. Yeah, then Adobe sits on their throne. Ha <laughs> ha. We've we did done it again. We've done it again.
Remember to cancel your Adobe just before it's due and that's get your right. 50% off coupon. Anyways, that's our show. Thank you for watching. And if you like what you saw, it would be so nice if we... The show is a hidden gem. It is. The, look, some of you might be thinking... Internet Today, I know what you're thinking. Just what two old, I, old cranks <laughs> making fun of the news. But actually, it's a hidden gem it's on a, YouTube. It's a Canadian gem. And you could be the first to tell someone about it by hitting the like button, yeah. leaving a comment, replying to a comment, uh, subscribing if you're new here, and maybe even uh, considering becoming a member because that would make you look pretty cool. Yeah. You get a little symbol by your name. It's not a verified symbol, this, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's not the I love you sign. <laughs> but yeah, you get a, a technically a verified badge. You are verified as having given us money. Yeah. There you go. Uh, you could also hit the thank button. You, you do whatever you want. You do know what, what you want. You know what to do by now. But it, it You're is, a hidden gem. If it is true that if we don't say it, people don't do it. So we got to say it. 10,000 likes. Fucking do Let's it. Let's go. Yeah. All right. Other videos are up there. We got a whole bunch of Trump, Elon, and a dead goat story for you that really upset people. And I'm oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fucked up. Uh, and then we have Weekly Weird News over here. They're not all about Trump. It's just he kind of dominated the news cycle. So watch it. It's fine. And we'll see you soon for News Dump. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.